0: Today in security, from Wired. Docs show FBI pressures cops to keep phone surveillance secrets. Newly released documents highlight the Bureau's continued secrecy around cell site simulators, spying tech that everyone already assumes exists, by Del Cameron. United States government records recently obtained by the American Civil Liberties Union show state and local police authorities are continuing to trade silence for access to sophisticated phone tracking technologies loaned out by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. To protect the secrecy, documents show, police departments routinely agree if called upon to drop charges against suspects accused of violent crimes. The documents turned over by the FBI under the Freedom of Information Act include copies of non-disclosure agreements signed by police officials requesting access to a portable device known as a cell site simulator, commonly referred to by the generic trademark Stingray. The FBI requires the signed NDAs before agreeing to aid police in hunting down suspects. Stipulations include withholding information about the device or its deployment from suspects and their lawyers— In the event the case has become justiciable, attorneys for the ACLU, Laura Moraf and Nathan Wessler, say the secrecy requirements ultimately prevent defendants from challenging the legality of surveillance and keep judges in the dark as to how investigations unfold. We deserve to know when the government is using invasive surveillance technologies that sweep up information about suspects and bystanders alike And the FBI needs to stop forcing law enforcement agencies to hide these practices, Meraf says. A core function of a cell site simulator is to masquerade as a cell tower in order to identify network devices nearby. This works by turning a common feature of most phones into a vulnerability. In order to save power, most phones are designed to always contact the closest cell tower emitting the strongest signal. Once a handshake between the cell site simulator and a phone is initiated, there are a variety of authentication protocols to overcome. Deceiving phones into connecting with the simulator has grown increasingly complicated since the earliest versions of the device were strapped to planes and used to intercept communications on battlefields. Simulators used by police today come with additional modes and equipment able to target specific phones and can narrow their locations to a single home or apartment. Multiple variants of the devices are known to exist, and some are capable of launching more sophisticated attacks than others. Some simulators allow operators to eavesdrop on calls or force devices to execute unauthenticated commands that disable encryption or downgrade the devices to a lower and less secure network. One command sent by a phone, for example, can cause towers to completely reject it, rendering the device useless. The degree to which government entities have ever employed these advanced features is unknown. Certain models used by the federal government are known to come equipped with the ability to intercept communications, but it's widely assumed this feature remains off-limits to local police departments. Hackers, meanwhile, have been able to assemble homebrew devices capable of these feats for under $1,000. The language in the warrants used by police to authorize cell site simulators—a U.S. Justice Department requirement since the 2018 U.S. Supreme Court ruling in U.S. v. Carpenter—would not permit the wiretapping of calls. Despite their advanced capabilities, language drafted by the DOJ describing the devices is generally aimed at convincing judges that cell site simulators fall into a category of technology similar to older police technologies like the trap-and-trace or pen register names that describe devices and programs capable of identifying incoming and outgoing calls, respectively. When police use the devices to accumulate evidence or locate a suspect, they are required by the FBI not to mention or introduce it in court. In some cases, this leads police to launder evidence using a technique known as parallel construction, whereby a method used to collect evidence in an investigation is concealed by using a different method to collect the same information after the fact. The practice is legally controversial, particularly when undisclosed to the court. The U.S. Supreme Court noted in the landmark 1968 Terry v. Ohio decision, upon which police have relied for decades to conduct so-called stop-and-frisk searches, that the ability of judges to toss evidence seized in violation of a suspect's constitutional rights is essentially the only weapon Americans have against being framed by police. Without it, then-Chief Justice Earl Warren wrote, the constitutional guarantee against unreasonable searches and seizures would be a mere form of words. Courts which sit under our Constitution cannot and will not be made party to lawless invasions of the constitutional rights of citizens by permitting unhindered governmental use of the fruits of such invasions, wrote Warren. Thus, in our system... Evidentiary rulings provide the context in which the judicial process of inclusion and exclusion approves some conduct as comporting with constitutional guarantees and disapproves other actions by state agents. In other words, it's the judge's responsibility to decide if evidence should be thrown out or not. Allowing it, Warren concluded, has the necessary effect of legitimizing the conduct which produced the evidence. By withholding information about the ways in which evidence is collected, Police and prosecutors are arguably interfering with one of the court's most sacred duties and conveniently forestalling greater scrutiny as to the constitutionality of the state's conduct. The FBI, meanwhile, argues that secrecy is necessary, as revealing information about such devices would enable criminals to diminish or thwart law enforcement efforts. Information about them is designated law enforcement-sensitive and protected homeland security information, categories of unclassified information that the government refers to as for official use only. These designations generally prevent documents from being disclosed to the public. They are exempted from use in legal proceedings and may be stored on classified computers. The FBI employs a jigsaw or patchwork theory of information to keep even minor details about cell site simulators from the public, arguing that details, no matter how small, may, like a jigsaw puzzle, eventually combine to reveal critical information about the technology. Because the devices are used in counterterrorism cases and in a counterintelligence capacity, the FBI argues revealing information about cell site simulators would have a significant detrimental impact on the national security of the United States. The arguments compelling this secrecy is difficult to square with the reality that in the year 2023, both innocent people and criminals alike are far from naive about how much like a tracking device cell phones actually are. The controversy around stingrays is so old that the tactical advantage they once offered exclusively to military spies works far more efficiently today as a commercial capability. To wit, finding a phone is now a standard feature of nearly all phones. Whether ordinary people truly understand that their phone is constantly broadcasting their location is a question perhaps best answered by the man who was caught stowing his in a potato chip bag so he could play golf instead of work, a trick so effective, or possibly unnecessary, that in the end, it took an office snitch to bring him down. It's hard to imagine the crime spree the man might have pulled off had he only applied his advanced telecommunications mastery towards some more felonious endeavor. While the golfer was hailed widely as a MacGyver, the trick he used to evade his bosses was popularized in the 1998 Hollywood thriller Enemy of the State. In it, Gene Hackman's character grabs and stuffs Will Smith's phone into a potato chip bag, screaming at him, meanwhile, that the NSA can read the time off your fucking watch. The film is important because cell phones were basically new at the time, which is to say the knowledge or belief that law enforcement can track people's movements based on their cell phones entered mainstream culture before even a quarter of the population owned one. The man who kept his phone in a bag to screw off at work probably didn't care how the trick worked, though anyone who's lost a radio signal driving through a tunnel or parking garage is already equipped to suss it out. The FBI can track cell phones. Golfers know it. Bank robbers know it. Terrorists know it. And nothing that anyone says in court will change that. Thanks for listening. I'm Zeke Robison, and for more stories just like this one, visit us at Wired.com. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more security news at Wired.com security.